This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation pop experience. Welcome to the newest, the latest and greatest episode of Cartoons of Our Youth. It is episode two. I've made it to two. I'm still pretty far from syndication, but I'm on my way, just closely behind Traitors of the Lost Arcs. That show is it has a slight lead on me, and I'm going to catch up to it one of these days. And why did I bring up Traitors of the Lost Arcs? Because my guest tonight on this episode is one of my co-hosts or my compadres on that and the it's alter ego pop goes to the couch slash basement somebody that is a frequent collaborator co-host of mine guest of mine somebody i really enjoy doing pods with live watches on stream lounge all that stuff and just somebody who's really great to talk to mr tim capel tim welcome to the show Andy Atherton, thank you for having me. And thank you as well for the soft plug right out of the gate for Traders, um, a yes. podcast I love doing as a huge, huge comics fan and consumer. Um, yeah, I mean, at the pace that that show comes out, um, <laughs> as much as we do all love doing it, I think that this podcast may lap that one in short order. But that's okay, because this is a great podcast, too. I loved your premiere on yeah, G.I. Joe. Um, while not entirely of my generation like i had enough familiarity with it that i was able to follow along and really enjoyed um the commentary by you and uh sean kidd also of uh traitors of the lost ark a good good synergy there too good co-branding between that uh that second episode we did of the comics pod and in the in the debut of uh of this here cartoons of our youth um because uh yeah similar subject matter overlapping there so yeah may not be the case this time but <laughs> i have to tell you um uh, for the show that we're going to be talking about uh to be covered this early on in the in the great i'm sure to be lineage of this podcast has me very excited because yeah this feels like one that you know you'd get to it eventually but it wouldn't be a top priority and yeah. I'll tell you, at, at first, when you asked me to be a guest on the show, I was I was leaning more towards something else, something maybe a little bit more obvious. But I said, no, I'm going to I'm going to pick something unconventional, um, but that is very, very um, dear to me and to a lot of people. Uh, kind of a kind of a cult favorite, but we'll get into it. That's that's kind of the spirit of the show too. It's it's all about the guest. On I've watched so many cartoons. Cartoons and animation are like one of my go tos. It's comfort food for me, and I, I see beyond that. It's you know it's for little kids, whatever. Blah blah. blah. You know I mm, I yeah I I see beyond that. I because I love all aspects. Of, I, I I don't know if I've told this on, on on a pod, but I I've thought about going back to school. I don't know if I'll ever will and getting a master's in film like film history mm-hmm. though. And te- so I could teach and oh, wow. I would, yeah. I would want to teach college classes. unlike just like the Hollywood blockbuster. Cause obviously I love blockbusters cause I have a, a whole podcast, uh, two podcasts actually about blockbusters, but mm-hmm. uh, also one I would do on animation. It's more specifically Disney animation and, but tackle it from all the aspects, the, the color, the shading, 
the the music i i love one thing i do love and talking about um an upcoming episode uh, well a past episode and an upcoming episode of the pop goes the classic series on the disney anime films we talked about we did fantasia way back early on yeah. i think i think chad might have still been on the show that's how early it was and but we have fantasia 2000 coming up not that far away it's only a couple episodes off and those movies taught me about how music and sound can really affect animation and if you close your eyes when you're when you're listening to a song that's associated with a, a disney movie i i always like to use one one jump ahead from aladdin if you just close your eyes and just listen to the instruments and everything and how that tells the story, that is what I love about, like, that's one aspect of animation I love. And I think of, like, whenever I hear a classic song, classical music, I can, I always try to, like, picture something in my head, some kind of animation, if there's never been anything animated to this. So that's what, why, one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because it's, it, there, it's such a love and, and there's a lot of core memories associated with some shows. I have shows that I watched as a kid. There are shows that I watched in college. And now I have memories of, you know, shows and movies that I watched with my kids when they were little. I mean, if somebody want to come on here and say, hey, let's watch Stanley, that Disney Channel show. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm down for Stanley. I love that. That was that was Jessica's time. PB&J Otter. You've never heard of any of these, Tim. But for me, right. that, yeah, <laughs> sure you know. <laughs> But I know yeah, somebody's favorite. You know, Handy Manny. I'm like, oh wow, that 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 hits me in some emotional chords there, and and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse things like that. So it, for me, because of my age and my my familial situation, I I I it, I span a lot. But this has eluded me, and it was yeah. it's something that I've always like kind of glanced at, but never really decided to dive into. So. I'm 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 blind on this. Like I know some okay. of this stuff, but when we when we do the live watch of the two episodes, I'm going in blind and unfortunately I don't get the uh the audio to hear cuz I looked at the voice cast and I'm like, "Wow, this is outstanding." Oh yeah, that's that's one way we're sort of um well, you are at a disadvantage um by not hearing the just brilliant voice cast of this series which the series is gargoyles you, you know yes. that from the description of this episode by the <laughs> way but yes officially we're going to be talking gargoyles uh from the mid 90s um syndicated show but it was a disney production um so speaking of disney this is uh this was sort of towards the end i guess of the dominance of the disney afternoon block yeah. of uh cartoons and this kind of came along i mean to me out of nowhere um and like i, think, I said just aired in I, syndication aired at a time when when disney's biggest rival for saturday afternoon cartoons was probably like fox kids yeah. um, and oddly enough this aired on my local fox affiliate i don't know if that's the case for most people but it was on like after all the Fox programming. So I, I think this started at like four thirty or maybe even five maybe even as late as five. Um for me every weekday afternoon. And I didn't get into it until I think this probably the second season had started airing. So it you know, it premiered in uh nineteen ninety four, apparently I mean, this is new information to me. October 24th, <laughs> 1994. I wasn't watching it at the time. 
I was vaguely aware of it. I kind of, I kind of thought it was like I had a a misconception about it, and I think a lot of people did, and that's maybe why it didn't catch on, uh, and it didn't catch fire to the extent that I think it should have. A lot of people just weren't sure what to make of this. It's like gargle characters. What? It's not based on any existing property. Like, what is this? Um, so I didn't start and I just started watching it incidentally, like one afternoon, you know, I was a latchkey kid home from school. Um, we're talking like middle school years for me. And I would watch that Fox, um, Fox kids weekday afternoon lineup, which then I want to say included X-Men that had been on for enough seasons. They started airing it, uh, weekday afternoons so i would watch that i'd watch like batman um you know all the usual suspects and then this would come on blind spot for me this time period because Mm -hmm. 1994 when this is out i was 22 so i'm a little bit old i'm a bit older than you so i would have been 12 or 13 yeah yeah, so so i am you know finishing college yes i did watch the disney afternoon like chippendale's rescue rangers and Mm-hmm. gummy bears and ducktail you should mention that we'll probably touch on that a little bit so but for me that was early college and that was like i would come back to my room uh maybe you know do a little herbal uh afternoon <laughs> stuff at two herbal and afternoons re- yes yes uh you know maybe hit hit something and then watch it and just eat a bag of doritos and live the college <laughs> nice. life man <laughs> um <laughs> That was that was that was me. So by this time, though, I was entering my 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 my, my senior year. I was a little more focused. I was bartending. I wasn't home in the afternoons really to to watch this stuff. And this this whole time period, like Batman, X Men, all that that this is all blind Mm. to me. I it's all stuff I would love to watch one day. And I think when I get through, uh. you know, pull back the curtain into to what I'm watching currently. I I'm, I try to watch a drama, a comedy, a cartoon, and me, and something like that's a little short. So right now I'm I'm been making my way through Clone Wars for a while, and then I have Rebels, and then Bad Batch. So once I get all caught up with that, then I think I'm gonna go look to do like X Men or Batman or something, or maybe even Gargoyles I'll do. And and looking at the 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 poster here on the IMDb page, what I'm thinking maybe happen and i'm not sure is because of them working on hunchback of notre dame around this time period maybe that was the inspiration Mm. for this because they really enjoyed that part of it i know you know victor hugo and laverne were were fairly cartoonish when they were i guess alive in that movie but it's very similar uh at least yeah um, yeah it's funny the landscape and in the in the buildings and stuff are very similar. It's just these are uh, it's it's like you took this and you and you threw uh, X Men into a blender and this is what you got. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit, yeah. yeah. You know, I've never heard that, but now that you mention it, I I do start to wonder um, because that was not. I mean, when was that? Maybe ninety five, ninety six. That was ninety five. No, nine. 95, yeah, uh, or 96. I should know this because we just did a pod on it. Well, Gargoyles did come – I'd wonder which one was, like, under development for – I'm not sure of that. Um, so Hunchback was June 21st, 1996. 
96. Okay, so Gargoyles was in production. been on for a while. But it, yeah, 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 like the movie would have been in production, yeah, for a while. Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe there was one kind of influence the other. From what I understand, um, this whole thing started with um, Disney CEO Michael Eisner wanting another animated series that was similar to the types of things his kids really liked, which oddly enough, you just named it gummy bears. And a lot of people are thinking, what in the world does gargoyles, gargoyles, (laughs) easy for me to say, have in common with gummy bears? Like doesn't seem like there'd be a lot of shared DNA there, but just in terms of the story structure, um, granted, yes, gummy bears is a very different type (laughs) of show, but the way that the stories are told, it, it was pretty uh, rich, pretty deep, kind of like almost serialized storytelling for a for a children's audience, which was rather rare at the time, right? Yeah, People yeah, don't had, realize that the, about that show. You had the episode um, arc, but you also had the over, overall story mm-hmm. arc that moving forward in each episode. Exactly, exactly. So apparently, like, his kids were super into that form of storytelling, um, which I think Gummy Bears just doesn't get a lot of credit for because people just don't really remember it if they even saw it in the first place. Um, So it's like, okay, we can do a show like And he wanted something more action-oriented as well to kind of, again, compete with what Fox Kids had, which was, um, you know, again, more superhero type shows like X-Men and Spider-Man and uh, yeah, Spider-Man definitely would have started by 94. Um, Batman, the animated series, like we said. And so they took a couple passes at it and and they meaning it seems like the principal creators of this, um, a guy by the name of uh, Michael Reeves, who wrote most of the first season episodes of this show and Greg Wiseman, who was a then executive for Disney, and he really ended up championing, championing this series and became a um, a creator. for. He wrote for the series starting in their second season, and to this day kind of is still um, leading the charge and beating the drum for, like, possible revivals and just other media projects like he's written gargoyles comics even which is pretty cool yeah so and i think he was greg wiseman i think he was a former english teacher so that's where a lot of the um the story sensibilities in this show there's a lot of like shakespeare influence to the to the extent that characters and concepts from shakespeare gargoyles was my introduction to them. Like I had heard of, you know, I'd I'd vaguely hear of um, the Shakespearean names and this show might've been the first time I was exposed to them. So yeah, later when we would do like a Shakespeare unit in my English, English classes, I'd be like, Oh yeah. So they talked about in gargoyles, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you'd have a character like puck who is, is straight out of a midsummer night's dream. Um, the weird sisters who are these, these witch characters. I don't think we're going to see them in the episodes we watch here, uh, in a bit, but they're just analogous to like the three witches of Macbeth. 
Speaking of Macbeth, there is a character called Macbeth who we will see. Um, so just all, you know, stuff like that is just sprinkled uh, throughout the show. And it, and it was by design. I mean, Greg Wiseman will tell you, I did that to get kids more interested in literature and reading because I just, I think that's extremely important. Um, it's, it's we have a, as, as Walt used to say. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have a real problem with illiteracy in this country and if this gets kids reading then so be it so um yeah so that's how it kind of came along um but to your point i do wonder about something like the hunchback of notre dame which itself has like gargoyles in it right (laughs) they're 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 the sidekicks and they're very they're part of the plot i mean they're quasimodo's only friends for a Mm -hmm. good portion of the movie I mean, I think Eisner was that type of guy. You know, look, Eisner did so much great. I try to look past his his last couple of years of, of craziness in, under his under his helm. But mm-hmm. from what he did for that company and synergy, that was his big word, synergy. That was I a mean, big, yeah, the was growth. A big thing. He could have been looking at, like, footage and stuff and said, well, there's something here. I mean, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. something that Disney has always coveted and it was always not easy for them was attraction to boys. You know, getting because they they leaned in so hard to the princesses and all this other stuff. Yeah, boys. Do right. Like yeah, Disney the Disney Amber. princesses was a big brand thing, and and people forget that they also had. Yeah, they had a lot of marketing towards um, boys as much as they did young girls. Yeah, and it was it was much harder though for that for, for that company mm-hmm. because they didn't have the superheroes, they didn't have Star Wars, they had a you know they had an a, association with George Lucas, but that was based in the parks until they purchased Lucasfilm years sure, later. Sure, yeah, but yeah. it was it was it was hard, and and I think Eisner really was that forward thinker and saw maybe maybe he was looking at dailies, maybe he was looking at just the scouting photos because that one thing they would do is they would go to places. You know, when when the team at Pixar, I mean, this is pre being owned by Disney, they they went scuba diving. They all took scuba lessons to kind of like be under the water and understand and and do all this stuff. So kind of that immersive and be able to to bring people into that world that a lot of times that's what they do with their with their animation. And I I do know that they were over in Paris scouting a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And doing stuff. They think they might have had a Paris animation office at the time. I think. I don't know. I'm trying to remember when Disneyland Paris opened, but I know they have they have offices yeah. over there. And I mean, I would I wouldn't be surprised if there is somewhat of a gargoyle's presence in that park. I don't have to. And it is it funny, yeah, right. And and Greg Wiseman talks about how he always had like a a fascination with gargoyles as a concept, even as a kid. Um, just thought they were really neat, like like the contrast between these ugly you know demonic looking creatures on these very um beautiful uh you know uh sculpted almost uh, you know works of these cathedrals right churches and and gothic buildings and just that architecture style just it's such a such a story of contrast and it, it always just drew he was always just drawn to that uh so you wonder like if if that spilled over he was an executive at the time and was like uh, you know, we're doing this movie Hunchback. We're trying to do this new action TV sh- series. Um, and the idea at the time was that maybe this could be the start of a a whole block of or, or a whole universe of 
uh, action-oriented cartoons for Disney because this show was meant to be, as you said, immersive enough and complex enough that it could support various different spinoffs and have its whole this just wide universe of characters and and uh, concepts and storylines that you can pursue um, for different reasons. It, it did not lead to that, but, um, you know, as like an original concept, um, I just, I, I'm very supportive of, of this type of project. Like, I'm so glad that this exists and, you know, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there now. I think <laughs> this will be regarded as a hot take, but, um, I think that the place in pop culture that is occupied by Harry Potter right now, and I only bring it up because it's like kind of in the discourse making rounds again, right? It never really goes away, Harry Potter, but it's sort of come up more and more recently um, with the wizard game and whatever. Um <laughs> You know, it's never particularly been my thing. I'm far from an authority on the subject, but I think the place in pop culture that is occupied by Harry Potter should be occupied by Gargoyles. <laughs> I, that, I think that's, it is, that's, a, that's a statement. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it has a similar kind of appeal. I think it is more, it, similarly, if not more complex, um, I think it reaches across demographics in the same way that you know, boys and girls are into Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, they would be of gargoyles as well. Um, and it was just maybe, I don't know, maybe it was too ahead of its time. Um, yeah, there's yeah, like different now, reasons if it, it hits didn't now, stick it around. Be it, it if would, it hit now, it would... I feel like it could be fucking huge, right? Or if it, it hit would, at, yeah. at the same time Harry Potter did, it would have potentially been fucking huge. Yeah, Um yeah. And it was just because of just different various shakeups that happened within Disney on the executive side and like 96, 97, the people who really supported this show and were, you know, really the cheerleaders behind it found themselves either ousted or left the company, whatever. And uh, it kind of got, excuse me, it got relegated to a Saturday morning slot on you might remember Disney's one Saturday morning on yes, ABC. I remember when they, that. Yeah, it was right after they purchased ABC. Yeah, that was when they were really trying to 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 merge the two and really, yeah, you know, get, and the, that was get the brands together. Somewhat disastrous. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think a lot of that time period is fondly remembered. Um, and this show ended up being sort of a legacy casualty of that. It was already like it had had its run. Like its second season was 52 episodes because it, at that point it had been airing daily in syndication week on weekdays. And uh, after it ran its course, they thought, well, that's probably it. But uh, after that, you know, one Saturday morning project started, they said, uh, we need content, right? We need something to, fill up the schedule here. How about another 13 episodes of Gargoyles with no one involved who actually <laughs> made the show a success, basically. I, and uh, it was just, it was bad. People, most people who are fans of the show kind of disavow those last 13 episodes of the, the third season. It was 
rebranded the Goliath Chronicles at that point, and no oh one likes those episodes. <laughs> no one oh. does. Yeah, that doesn't they have like maybe like one. Yeah, it's like they have one episode that's kind of good, maybe, and the rest is just people do not like it. Um, and so, yeah, and that was the end of it, sadly. Um, huh? And it just it had a very unceremonious kind of decline. Uh, but shit, if this happened today, I, I think it really could have taken off because again, it's, it's an original concept, broad appeal, um, really intricate storytelling. It's, it's easy to, to lose yourself. And it has a lot of the things that the same things that people respond to in Harry Potter and the Marvel cinematic universe and, Star Wars even are all over this. And I mean, you could do a Titans <laughs> a Titans type show, you know, like Titans on HBO Max. They could do they could do like gritty, you know I I, I would love to be I wonder, you know, I'm I'm sure they have meetings at Disney yeah. where they like, you know, I don't know how what the cadence of them would be, but like going through like, okay, what's our IP? What can what can mm. we mine? What do we already own that we could that we could you know, we have the rights to, we could do something with, and we could, you know, make it big and, and make some money and do that. I, I'm, I'm hoping Gargoyles gets in that conversation. It's like one, it would be like one of those things that like somebody's there and they keep like bring. all right, Charlie. All right. Yeah. Gargoyles. And we know you want to do Gargoyles. And, and Charlie's yeah. just going to keep yeah. plugging away. And after a couple of years, maybe, you know, he'll wear, they're going to run out of other things Yeah, <laughs> or enough, enough is going to be like, They've had enough projects that have just failed to launch. Um, but you're right. I I look at things like X-Men, which is getting that relaunch, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Supposedly later this year, maybe early <laughs> next year at this rate. Um, which, I mean, that was huge. So that's not terribly surprising. But, you know, the same people who liked X-Men, people like me, were also watching Gargoyles, not maybe as many, but uh, it is a little bit surprising to me. You haven't at least heard discussions of a revival for this. I think that Greg Wiseman, although he's no longer with Disney, um, has been all for it. So if someone did reach out to him and say, hey, you want to be a showrunner for this? He he would um, absolutely jump at the chance. Yeah. Like I said, he's, he's had ideas um, – for this property well beyond the show itself. He's written comics. He's even volunteered different. Hey, here's various spinoffs we thought about doing. And this is, here's a, you know, maybe proof of concept where they've even got storyboards and such for that kind of thing. Huh. Um, so still all kinds of places you could go okay. with this. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling some kind of way right now, especially yeah. bitter perhaps towards Harry Potter. Well, I mean, this is something that they could really, this, this could have a great theme. I looked it up. There are gargoyles, but not gargoyles from the show. There are gargoyles like at the Haunted Mansion and Phantom Manor, which is its name in some of the, the uh, overseas parks. You know, there's a gargoyle you can take home (laughs) from, uh, from one of the, um, one of the places I know there are gargoyles in a, the Haunted Mansion video game. But I don't think it's the same. I mean, when you see a gargoyle figure or something, I know I had a Hugo, uh, s- s- sort of a plush, but wasn't like plushy all around. It was kind of like a rubber kind of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I always 
I always have one favorite character from from a Disney animated movie, and Hugo oh, yeah. was mine. That was that was the one that Jason Alexander uh, voiced. And yeah, no, this is something that definitely has potential, like in so many different mediums. I mean, you could do this as a show on Disney Plus. It could be animated, or you could do something like set in New York amongst the rooftops. I mean, I don't, I don't know budgets, but I don't, you know, this could translate though into the parks. It could translate into a video game. It, it, there's so many different ways you can go in this from that initial, if people like, you know, get hooked on the, in the initial offering that they're, that they give and you could do an area in a theme park dedicated to like yeah it occurred it it occurs to me um i mean yeah you could even take some sets some of the Mm -hmm. sets in prominent places from this show and turn them into like theme park rides or attractions of some sort like they've got a castle they've got like a clock tower they've got you know all kinds of just neat settings um but i was just thinking like uh in terms of multimedia there's just at the time, like they had, uh, there was a, a Marvel, Marvel had a license to uh, publish a Gargoyle series in the 90s. I don't think I read any of that. I don't really remember it. Um, must have been pretty short lived, but it, I mean, it, it had some legs in multimedia. There was a video game, um, there were action figures, and I'm even now it's occurring to me that there is. Uh, a line of like deluxe, very collector oriented action figures that have just recently uh, been released within over the past like year. Or so I think NECA, NECA toys. I think, I think, I think we may have seen something like that in one of our, yeah. uh, one of our chats. We you may have. Yeah. Watched. And they're like, I mean, the, they're like the real deal, right? Like yeah. legit the way the, the types of action figures you would have dreamed for when you were a kid. <laughs> that you know you just had to settle for these cheap hunks of plastic that now it's like oh my god this is a dream come true yeah so i don't know how well those figures are doing but the fact that they exist at all seems seems at least promising right mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely could see that i mean look if if there if there are comics and there's a way for a certain four gentlemen to to read those comics could be a Perhaps, future yeah. topic of an episode of Traders or, of the Lost Arks. Just putting it out there, since synergy. I have the uh, the 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 de facto moderator of that pod as my guest uh, on this. Right? Episode. Yeah. Uh, believe me, the thought has crossed my mind. It's, and that is a Lost Ark. That's the that's very the much so. That is yeah. the spirit of the show, if, we, if there ever was know, one, right? It had its yeah, it had a run in the '90s under Marvel. There was in the 2000s. I want to say Slave Labor Graphics did some gargoyle stuff, um, and they just recently had, as of last year, a, a relaunch. Um, is Greg Wiseman writing that? I'm not sure. I should know this. Um, Let's see. Yeah. So Dynamite Entertainment is currently, I believe, currently publishing a Gargoyle series, which uh, is pretty awesome. So, yeah, let's see. Gargoyles Comics. Uh, new line of comics. Yeah. It's att- intended to serve as season four of the show, uh, written by Greg Wiseman. 
So, yeah, it, I mean, we're talking this. Uh, this just started uh, in December of 2022. This series. So that's where you can currently find uh, the continuing adventures of <laughs> the Gargoyles. So, so we we got through uh, why you picked it. You know, resonates mm-hmm. with you, you. How much you loved it. Do you do you have any favorite characters? So I'm I'm like I said, I am blind. So I am in the listener seat of somebody who so who is never. And I'm just looking at this cast. First of yep. all, outstanding. And looking at the character names, though, I'm like, Keith David voices Goliath. Jeff Bennett voices oh. Brooklyn. Uh, Sally Richardson, we feel Elisa Maza. But we have Frank Welker. Come on. Optimus Prime, right there. <laughs> and and so many other voices. Bronx. Bill Fagerbach. Dauber from Coach. The voice of Patrick Starr does Broadway. Jonathan Frank. Uh, 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 what? <laughs> This show was kind of a, a mini Star Trek TNG reunion. Yeah, in terms Marina of its voice Curtis cast. is in there. Uh, yeah, I, I see Ed Asner as Hudson. Um, yeah, Tom Lift. Wilson, uh, friggin' Biff Tannen right there. Uh, looks like he did a uh, a human. I'm guessing Matt Bluestone, mm-hmm. John Rice Davies, Macbeth, Laura San Giacomo, Giacomo, uh, Fox, Clancy Brown, another one, the great character oh, sure. actor, the voice of. Of Mr. Crab on on SpongeBob, ha- also uh, Lex Luthor in the '90s uh, yes. Superman animated show, very we cool. Rocky Carroll, who is on, I think he's on like NCIS. I remember him on the show Rock actually years ago. Uh, Glasses, oh, wow. Jim Cummings, one of my favorite voice uh, actors. You hear him. There's not a Disney animated thing that you have not heard Jim Cummings on. He was Pete. Basically, mm-hmm. and a lot of things. Yeah, you look at Princess of Frog. He was um, Ray the Firefly. He he's got a kind of a distinct voice to him. He was uh, Ed the Hyena in um, Oh Wow Lion King. Yeah, Jim Cummings isn't like so much. He took over uh, a lot of the when a lot of the original voices uh, either retired or passed away, like um, Sterling Holloway, who was the voice of Winnie the Pooh and stuff like that. He took over doing that. So. And Tigger, I believe he did too. After um, uh, God, Paul Freeze, when Paul Freeze died, versatile so, to do Pooh yeah. and Tigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, so I would this, I damn you, Tim. I may have to start watching this show. Uh, oh, dude, uh, you didn't even <laughs> mention Michael Dorn. Uh, again, TNG yeah, veteran. I'm, I'm looking at the Brent uh, Spiner. Um, oh wow. Yeah, uh, David Warner. Uh, rest in peace. Just an amazing character actor has that gorgeous, silky voice. Um, I mean, just a great mix of, Oh my God. The singer, (laughs) Rachel Ticotin, who I only know her really from Con Air. She was the, uh, the female officer on the plane. Okay. Matt Frewer is Jack. Max Hedrum. And he was, uh, Panic, I believe, uh-huh. in Hercules. Cree Summer from, um, she 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 was from Different World, but she went on to do a lot of cartoon uh, anime That's voices. Right. Tim, Tim Curry, wow, Peter Scolari, bosom buddies himself. Wow. So it's Richard, a, it's a great you know? mix of like veteran voice actors and like actual Hollywood, you know, stars. Robert um, Culp, 
Emma Sams, who I had like, like a, I was a teenage boy, I had a crush on her. Uh, Kate Mulgrew, talk about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Dietrich Bader, yep, another guy. Guy voices Batman and stuff now, for crying out loud. Michelle mm-hmm. Nichols, oh my God, Uhura, CCH Pounder, Jim Belushi. This is this is an insane. Roger Rees, good old uh, Robin Colcourt from from Cheers, right there. Paul Winfield. Yeah, there's there's not more Star Trek. Yeah, Paul Winfield. Um, not a dud in the mix. The only like <laughs> prominent like TNG actor I feel like they didn't have was Sir Patrick Stewart, um, who I want to say they tried to get for Macbeth, but. It just, I, I don't know if they couldn't make it work or if he wasn't right for the part or whatever, but he's like the one notable absence from... LeVar Burton. Yeah, they even get LeVar Burton in there for like a character, one appearance at least. Yeah, Roddy McDowell, so, James Avery, Hector Elizondo. Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson, another one of my favorite uh, voice actors. He did... The voice of some of his more famous voices, Yakko from Animaniacs. Oh, Animaniacs, yeah. And yep. Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Mm-hmm. And, and as I, I've, I've said to people, that me and my best friend Scott are Pinky and the Brain. And unfortunately, I am the <laughs> which Pinky. One is, I was going to say, I, which one are you? I, I am the Pinky. He talks like Brain, and I am ridiculous as Pinky. Trust me. So. Andy, Andy, we're not going to do that tonight. But come on, Scott, why can't we do that? Like literally. <laughs> so yeah, this voice cast. I'm hooked on the voice cast. These character oh, voices deep. are are yeah. great. Names of streets, basically, or towns and stuff. Kind of, kind of gives a little intrigue on like, okay, is that like their where they patrol? Is that where they protect? Is that where they were the buildings that they're on? That yeah. Just um, this show is set in. Uh, primarily set in present day, then present day, 1994, <laughs> Manhattan, and in Oof, fact, the names. Of, <laughs> well, no, like the, it's it's like there there are like actual you know real world. It, it's meant to be set in our world, you know, kind of yeah. like Marvel comics. It's not like made up. I mean, yeah, there are some invented fictional locations, but it's meant to be a very like contemporary kind of you would recognize the world that this takes place in um and that's the contrast that the the gargoyles provide and so originally this clan of gargoyles who existed in medieval times uh dating back to uh 10th the 10th century in scotland uh they were like defenders of uh this castle castle wyvern and so they had this very like uneasy alliance with uh, the humans who populate the castle, and it's like constantly it's the Middle Ages, right? So it's constant it's a castle, it's constantly under siege. <laughs> um, in this case, like by Vikings, and um, you know eventually things come to a head. Um, there's this one like Viking raid, and then uh, after uh, the the invaders are driven off. Um, the head of the clan decides, well, let's let's try to cut them off at the pass. We'll get them while they're trying to regroup, um, put an end to this conflict. Well, they actually get double crossed by one of their own. So already we're getting into a lot of, you know, melodrama and intrigue straight from the jump here. Um, they are betrayed from within by by a gargoyle who 
um, really has it out for the humans, um, not with without good reason, but um, that ends up disastrously because uh, essentially she tries to steer her clan in a certain direction and they kind of zig when they were supposed to zag. And it ends with pretty much the entire clan uh, getting massacred in the day um, by these these Viking raiders because they turn to stone during the day, right? Oh, just like okay. <laughs> just like the Vikings you see attached to buildings. That's you know that's them during the day, and they they uh, they essentially hatch from these the you know these stone uh, the stone encasement at night. Um, and so while they were vulnerable, they were they were slaughtered, and uh, the the um, the member who betrayed them, who goes on to become Demona, uh, she then has a vendetta against humanity for basically the rest of her existence. And so there's this big question of how she is still alive so many years later. Um, the reason that the surviving, what, what becomes known as the Manhattan clan, the reason they're still around, you know, the survivors of this massacre, they were basically cursed by, um, a magician uh, known as the Magus, uh, of this castle. who we were like, we're, you know, we're done with you guys. You, you fucked us over. Uh, you got our, our princess killed, which they were wrong about that, but that was, what they believed at the time. I'm, I'm really going off of some cliff notes here because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot to it. Uh, places a curse on them. It says you are going to, you're going to be um, uh, actually uh, encased in stone uh, until such time as this castle rises above the clouds, which is basically um, in eternity. You're, you're never going to be, this curse will never be lifted because of course, uh, this castle will never, um, that that's a condition that can never be satisfied, right? Like that, that will never happen. So it's just sort of a technicality that's attached to, to this, uh, curse, right? This, this spell that he places on the gargoyles. Well, come to find out here in the, the 20th century, there's this, um, this guy by the name of David Xanatos. He's voiced by, uh, Patrick, uh, or, excuse me, Jonathan Frakes. Um, you can sort of think, I guess the obvious comparison to make, he's sort of like an Elon Musk sort of figure. Okay. Um, but he's more like a, he's what Elon Musk thinks he is. This Like Xanatos is the real deal. Uh, he is aware of somehow he is aware of this curse and this, this, uh, this legend basically, because he has an interest in all kinds of weird arcane occult shit on the side. He's just. He's got a lot of weird interests and he decides, well, with my money, I'm going to take this fucking medieval castle, this Scottish castle and brick by brick, have it transported to Manhattan and reconstructed atop my skyscraper where it will reach the heavens above the clouds. And sure enough, that breaks the curse. <laughs> and so these like, you know, these handful of surviving uh, gargoyles from the 10th century are now alive again in the present day. Uh, they had no names or identities really at the time, but in the modern world, they adopt, um, they adopt names for themselves because it's like, well, I guess 
culturally that's that's something that's a little bit new to us but we're the the last of our kind as they believe um so we we have to regard each other as family now pretty much um so they they kind of as a tribute to their new home they decide to name themselves after various uh (laughs) new york boroughs and notable landmarks geography i guess so you get goliath the head of the clan voiced by just genius keith david i mean he should god unreal that voice talent um and as an actor holy shit um his mentor uh voiced by ed asner is going to be hudson uh just he's like an old man basically he's sort of the one that um is there to to impart some old school wisdom and um you know everything is about how he's like too old for this shit basically <laughs> so he's he's like the crotchety one but he goes through some pretty cool character developments over the course of the series um hudson but you've also got uh, the trio so the trio is uh broadway he's the uh, the patrick star okay <laughs> i can't think of the guy's name Bill but uh, back yeah there you go um he's the uh, and, and as the name implies he's he's quite large um and it would be easy to just characterize him as the big fat guy of the group but but he's not really he's he's like the most gregarious um and he becomes the most curious in terms of this new culture that they found themselves immersed in. So he's, he kind of becomes um, the pop culture guy. Okay. And yeah, you'll, you'll actually see some of that in this episode where we're, we're going to watch. Um, so then you've got uh, Brooklyn voiced by Jeff Bennett, um, versatile voice actor. He's sort of the, the angsty Gen X one. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe Brooklyn. He's uh he's kind of got a lot going on. He ends up being kind of the second to the group um, after Goliath. Cause he's, he's young, but he he's brash, but he's sort of, he's pretty capable, um, pretty intelligent. And he's kind of wants the he's hungry for the responsibility, but he also can't totally handle it just yet either. So he has he's, some he's maturity immature. issues. Yeah. A little bit, little something, bit. Something, something you see in a lot, you know, Oh, you're, you got so much talent, but you got a 10 cent head or you just you kind know, of the Raphael of the group. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you got Brooklyn, or not Brooklyn, Bronx. Lexington, excuse me. Oh. Uh, Bronx is the dog. Bronx is oh. a gargoyle dog. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. He, not to say he isn't intelligent. He does have an intelligence, but he's not, he doesn't speak. He's, he's really, uh, he can't fly either. He doesn't have wings. So um, while he is part of the clan and he is uh, quite useful, he um, he can't speak. He doesn't. Uh, I, I won't say he's entirely treated as a pet, but um, he he's the least uh, recognizably uh, human <laughs> of the group. Right. He's also Frank Frank Walker has. I'm I'm looking up. I know he's 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 voiced like pets somewhat in the past. Yeah. It's Frank so, Walker in that mood. He's yeah. not, he's, it's not a speaking voice at all. Um, and Lexington is, is the brains. He's the, he's the tech guy. He, he's the dude in the chair. Um, you know, he, he figures, he figures things out very quickly. Um, 
And so, yeah, that's kind of your core group. They later will end up adding um, a character called Angela, who turns out to be the daughter of Goliath and Demona. So they they had a daughter. Again, they don't really recognize traditional family structures uh, in the way that humans do, at least uh, in the Middle Ages. So while she was their daughter, she was just one of the clan. She wasn't really looked at. Um, it, she wasn't viewed as, as more or less special than anyone else in the group, even though, yes, she was the biological offspring of, of the two leaders. Okay. And she ends up, there's like a time travel story, and she ends up coming with them uh, to the, the modern day and joining the Manhattan clan. So, um, yeah, so they kind of add to the group, and they also discover other uh clans from different cultures different countries around the world come to find out they're not the only surviving group of gargoyles after all and so that that makes for some really interesting adventures in the second season where they just sort of do this this world tour so yeah so it goes deep it's not it goes very deep (laughs) all right um are there any are there any um favorite storylines that you haven't touched on that oh god that you can remember just just like the arcs are like yeah um city of stone is a great one it's a four-parter um it finally reveals there's a lot of flashbacks throughout this show right like it's primarily set in the present day but you get tons of flashbacks to again the 10th century so you learn about the origins and the histories of these characters and that is where it was revealed um, what the nature of the connection between Demona and a character called Macbeth is. And that's where we find out why Demona is still alive, why she survived all these years. She should have died of old age because she was not cursed with the rest of them. Gargoyles are pretty long-lived, but not for centuries and centuries. So she should have died long ago. So the reason why she's still relatively young and still alive is revealed in the course of that forefarter, which is great. Um, they do like a three part time travel story that brings back one of their old villains. And it has all these. So people who like the MCU and like, um, you know, the infinity stones, for example, who like these, you know, cool objects of power and, fetch questing and putting them together and all this stuff like that would scratch that itch for people because it's like all these mystical objects that um, are ultimately collected by this guy who was their like original um, arch nemesis. His name is the Archmage (laughs) and he comes back and uh, in a big way and it leads to this just big battle um, in the present day and uh, and again, medieval times, they get into like King Arthur's court and Avalon and like all this mythology, right? So just, it done, it does a ton of world building. Um, I want to say even what the second season goes out on, I believe was another three-parter that kind of wraps up, um, this plot with a, a group of adversaries called the Hunters who were founded like centuries ago and 
it finally just draws a line under the, and they're just their um their war against their their just centuries long war against the the gargoyles basically because of demona being such a asshole <laughs> that's the reason why they've had it out for them for so long so yeah it's i mean and that's the thing there's like not really you look at a show with a huge on, ensemble cast like this you would think well, I'm going to pick my favorites. I like this one. I don't like that one so much. To me, there's like not a dud in this bunch. Um, I truly, there's something to every character that allows me to get invested in them. There's definitely some I like more than others, but it's really hard for me to play favorites with a show like this. I mean, we haven't even talked about Elisa, who is the uh, human detective who befriends the gargoyles um and has like a semi relationship with goliath <laughs> um okay <laughs> which yeah um i mean it doesn't show them screwing or anything but <laughs> i mean it's sort of it's sort of implied that they would at least like to <laughs> um, Something, something's going on but they I guess something's going on for sure yeah um yeah, but look i mean it's whatever uh, and she has a partner later on in the show. His name is Matt Bluestone, who's kind of a kind of a fox molder, um, where he's you know he's he's interested in all these conspiracy theories and shit like that, and and finds himself um, getting drawn into uh, the world of the Illuminati, which that becomes a whole thing off to the side as well. So it it really does a great job of giving all of these characters a little something it, it's not really interested in one dimensional throwaway just um you know lame sidekicks or just you know it, it just when you underestimate somebody and think you've got a character figured out they put a real spin on it i'm even thinking of xanatos has this assistant named owen who is kind of like the he seems like he's just the Smithers to, to David Xanatos, <laughs> Mr. Burns, but um, there's a revelation involving that character that absolutely blew my fucking mind at the, like, and just looking at, I don't know, just the, the types of fiction I've consumed over the years and the, the various shock reveals. <laughs> and we're talking from comics, from, from primetime dramas, from movies, across all media, right? This is one of those reveals that, to this day, I'm like, I never saw it coming, and I can't believe they pulled that off. And wow. I don't want to spoil it, because it's much later in the show. It's in, okay. it's late, it's like kind of towards the end of their second season, I want to say. All right. And when you realize, oh my god, that's what was going on with him. It's, it draws so many things together. Yeah, there are very so, few surprises in life, you know, which is why I do try to avoid spoilers on stuff. Like, I'm not one of those who won't mm-hmm. watch trailers or anything, but, you know, it just takes away when you know going in. But when when something really just gets you, right? Yeah. When you when you when you're watching a movie and you're like, I I I I know what's going. On. I know who the killer is. I know like like when. If you don't like, you know, watching Usual Suspects, if you don't pick up on, you know, Verbal is telling that story based on everything he sees in the office, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you figure out, you know, spoiler for Usual Suspects, sorry, that he's Kaiser Soze, 
I mean, first time I watched that movie, I didn't figure that out. I kind of put it together about the same time Chaz Palmateri did when he was looking at his coffee mug and all that stuff. But when, when, when you genuinely, that's, that's a feeling that you don't yeah. get often. It's, it's hard a very to disorienting feeling. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, you kind of like have to sit back like, like, like mm-hmm. I need a, I need a drink or a cigarette or something like that to process <laughs> exactly. this because they got me. And like, I, I never saw that coming. And those that's in, insane when those happen. And, and yeah. if that gets spoiled, it like, if you see something like, Oh God, you know, really, I really, you know, that would have been fun. Cause it's, it's generally it's, it's, it's releases something in your brain. I think. That, uh, yeah, it it punches some kind of like what dopamine or or yeah some kind of reward system there, right? That's probably not that far from removed from uh, what certain substances may unlock. But uh, yeah, and if you're uh, one of those people that like pride yourself on, yeah. on figuring things out, and when they get you, you kind of sit back like, all right. You got me. And you have to hand it to them. Yeah. You have to sit back and hand it to them. Right. Cause, and it's like it, especially something that wasn't even necessarily meant to be a mystery. You just, you're not even thinking that, you know, they're, they're the next, the other shoe is about to drop. Right. Um, and you're just going, huh? Um, I was so immersed in this. I, it, it just, I was so glued to the screen. Um, that I, I kind of lost myself to the story, right? And wasn't even paying attention to the idea that this could even be a revelation coming. Yeah. And and that's kind of sort of, that's what it was for me. Um, being okay. just so locked into uh, where, where it was going that I, I wasn't even paying attention to, and maybe the signs were all there. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch. I'd probably have to rewatch the entire series. Um, to, to look for the clues and see if it was really there all that's all along. Um, I know it was their intent from the beginning, um, but I don't know that they, I don't know that they dropped any deliberate hints. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, there, I don't want to no song that says it was so-and-so all along that comes in plays at the end. Right? Correct. <laughs> Correct. I mean, the last thing that I say that I could say you got me was the twist at the end of the first season of the good place. I don't know if you watched that show. Uh, oh yeah. I love that show. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that show the good place. really was, mm. I mean, in the first season, it gets revealed. They're not in the good place. They're <laughs> in the bad place. The good place after all. I mean, I, I was like, I, I think I remember, I think my jaw literally dropped. Like when, mm-hmm. when Kristen Bell, you know, her character, Eleanor figures it out. And Michael's like, yep, you got us kind of yeah. thing. And I was like, no shit. And it wow. made so much more sense to once, once they sort of, and there was a part of me that I was kind of wondering, like, is this, I don't know, some of this isn't adding up. Right. And then when they, they dropped up that bombshell on you, you go, oh, yep. I get it now. This, <laughs> I, I see what they did here. Th- that's why this didn't make sense, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I do kind of love when you get those reveals to like what was happening all along, and it wasn't like they forced it in, not like Nikki and Paolo on Lost. It was like, no, this was, and they 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 do such a good job of of storytelling and and uh, you know 
cohesiveness that they, yeah. they, they, they dropped it all in. So yeah, you can't, again, you can't replicate that, you, you know, that feeling that you get when that does happen to you. And that's why we love these shows and these, and these movies when they can do that, because it's just, I, I don't like when you say like, I don't want to spoil it, you know, that, Right. And even if I did say it, it's something that wouldn't even mean right, anything so. to you right now. But if you did start watching the show, you'd be like, oh, huh. I wish I I wish I didn't see that coming. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> it's it's so much more fun uh, to have the big reveal, you know. Yeah. yeah. They're like, like, and you feel bad. Something, at least I feel bad if I if I spoil something for somebody. Like, like I would never tell. Like, you know, we you know we have our little group of you know people here, and somebody is is at a theme park, and there's a ride, Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure. I will never tell anybody that's never been on what happens on that ride, because I enjoyed yeah. not knowing and being like, whoa, oh, we're we're doing this now, okay, you know, kind of thing. And it was like. I, I don't want to take that away from somebody and it's not fair. You know, nobody, it, I got to do it. So why everybody else should do it. So yeah, just don't spoil shit. People like if it's an old, like obviously we spoil a good place and usual suspects, but those, you know, it, that's on you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand like the fuckers who like, you know, the moment like, something happens in a show, however reporter, you know, sends an email out like, Oh, that big reveal on this. I'm like, you know, yeah, I, come on. Like I was, I had other shit to do tonight. I can't watch this thing till tomorrow. It's like, you know, why am I being punished if I can't watch The Last of Us on Sunday night? Come on, leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. So, so let's let's get into to what we're gonna watch. So they're back to back. So we can we can go straight through both, and we don't need to to take a break. Um, yeah, that's what I figured. And so, um, I, I was looking for back to back episodes. I was hoping yeah. just to get kind of a representative sample of what you'd find in the show because there's. There's not like really any two parters. There's a lot of three parters, and like I said, there's that four parter. I mean, the opening of it is a five parter. Wow. <laughs> um, that's how they, it, it's like a mini. Well, I guess it'd be a feature length movie if you watched it end to end. Um, so it's hard to like have a like what you did on GI Joe, right? Mm-hmm. It's parts one and two. So I, yeah, I just kind of GI Joe was good for that, doing a lot of two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I just kind of came up in lieu of watching, you know, a four part like City of Stone, which I think would maybe be a bit much for a first viewing. Um, these are two standalone episodes. They are back to back. One is, I think, what what this show's equivalent of a very special episode. Might look <laughs> okay. Like. Not that it really did that sort of thing, but it's. It goes some places that you might not expect from a uh, weekday afternoon cartoon. And the second episode is going to introduce um, a character who I really like, um, who you don't really learn much about upon introduction, but who you're going to want to see again and uh, is going to make many, many future appearances. Okay. Um, so I think it's a good sampling. It's from the first season. Um First season, again, it's, it's 13 episodes. It's a little bit more, I'd say this first season, a little bit more comedic in tone than the second season, which is 52 episodes, if you can believe it. Um, and that's where it takes more of a serious, um, not that it doesn't have its lighthearted moments, but that's where it gets like pretty deeply serious and deeply committed to its own 
world building in, in mythology. Um, so we're still kind of, uh, I would say in baby steps mode here with this okay. series. Um, and yeah, um, these are the, like I said, it's on Disney plus, uh, we'll say, what is it? Episodes. What did I say? Season one, episode eight. And episode nine. Yeah, episode right? eight called Deadly Force and episode nine called Enter Macbeth. All right, so Deadly Force originally aired on November 18th, 1994, and the logline for IMDb is when Broadway accidentally shoots Elisa, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is grief-stricken while Goliath and police hunt for a gangster they think is the culprit. So I'm intrigued yeah. already. Okay. <laughs> this doesn't sound like the description of a children's program. No, it's, no it, it does not, but <laughs> it's so funny. It, it has the rating, TVV slash y7 so it's uh, sorry it's tv slash y7 so there's no okay. v there's no l there's no you know it's it's this well is you're gonna have all enough. that so uh all right so uh we are both queued up on disney plus correct tim yep sure all right so on my count let's hit play in three two one all right so i we're playing we got the gargoyles uh open animation that's right. some snarling going yeah. on here. Frank Walker for you. <laughs> Snarl. Okay. Um, so starting in the second season, this opening, they would have the same kind of opening montage here. Um, it would also have a, a narration from Goliath that kind of explains their origin. It's sort of the elevator pitch for the show that says, here's what happened in, you know, the Middle Ages. Here's why we're, you know, alive in Manhattan today um, in very dramatic fashion as again, narrated by uh, Keith David. Okay. All right. I'm seeing this is interesting characters. I, I, yeah, they're a mix of like superhero and little kid. Mm-hmm. It's some, it's some characters like Goliath. You can see is very superhero. Yeah. Very like the archetypical kind of, Mm-hmm. hero that's then, yeah that's his role as as the leader of the group okay here's owen this is uh david xanatos's second uh his okay. smithers again i okay. i kick myself for using a simpsons reference but <laughs> i know that that's what many people's cultural currency is okay we got some smoke bombs here mm-hmm. looks like somebody's looking to uh to to pilfer something i guess yeah. uh, rob the poor unsuspecting guy getting thrown out of the truck here. And they, are they, are they got live rounds there. What do they got? <laughs> well, here's the thing. This is like a lot, lot of nineties, uh, cartoons where you're not going to see, uh, bullets. You're not going to see like realistic guns shooting semi-automatic sure. rounds. You're going to see like the GI Joe kind of <laughs> weapons with yeah. lasers and shit. Like, but the idea is that is truly meant to be, advanced technology that mm-hmm. only certain characters have access to. In this case, this was a shipment of weapons for intended for David Xanatos. Right, and it so, just oh. got, yeah, hijacked by this, this gangster basically, right. who is a minor character in the show. And, uh, looks like they're all waking up there. <laughs> they're all waking up. Yes. It's nighttime. So they're, they're hatching out of their, their stone shells. Uh-huh. I can pretty much kind of tell like who's who though too. Like like just like mm-hmm. the way their their designs there. 
like that guy is kind of cartoonish the one that was just talking the red one but like, the red the one is are... brooklyn the, the okay. Raphael type guy okay. the, the yellow one is uh, lexington and they are the younger yeah. they and uh broadway who and just took off, off are the younger yeah. members of the clan okay and I see, I guess, in the Ed Asner character right there, too, with the beard. That's the old guy. Yeah, Hudson. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. All right. So we always have to have humans in this world, in all these ones, though. Because, you, you know, you can't have Transformers without humans. You can't have the Ninja Turtles without April. Yeah, you got to have your, your point of view characters, yeah. which is kind of what Elisa is here. This is uh, Detective Maza, Elisa Maza. This is her uh, bureau chief, I believe. Um, and she's thinking already that this shipment was uh, taken by the gangster um, Dracon. Okay. And this and guy now, is Owen's guy. He was kind of tough taking the, the mask off the gangster and then putting it on himself in the earlier scene. He's kind of a low-key badass. Yeah. Xanatos yeah. wouldn't have it in any other. I mean, Xanatos is a badass in his own right, but he's not going to have some wussy dude. <laughs> like backing him up basically so looks can be deceiving which is going to be a, a huge theme of the owens character <laughs> okay. again gotta, uh, there's there's a revelation regarding him much later in the show that i'm not going to step on all right so we got we got looks like broadway checking out a movie grabbing some popcorn mm-hmm. here huh yeah broadway with his so he's taking an interest in film at this point in the show and an interest in food. I mean, yeah. relatable. Who doesn't love popcorn? I mean, come on. Yeah. I eat popcorn almost every day. <laughs> Do you really? That seems like it, not the type of thing you eat every day. Well, it's when you're on a diet and you don't put anything on uh, it. It's, it's filling and not a lot of calories and points on. on, on yeah. Good, yeah. It's kind of like rice cakes, right? Yeah. So it's just. Yeah, as long as you don't add a lot of stuff or oil or or that butter flavoring at the movies, it's a pretty healthy snack, actually. True, true. So I can't blame Broadway right there. So uh, here's Elisa now pretty boldly confronting Dracon over his role in this. Like, she knows he did it. She just has to, you know, get an affidavit and a warrant. and all. She's got to do the paperwork, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's got them flowing locks, too. It looks like he just looks like a bad guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, get the, a very uh, 90s look. Yeah, I was going to say that's that, that's very 90s with the T-shirt and the, and the blazer and all that jazz. Yeah. Like he would have been like a character on Melrose Place at the same time, <laughs> probably. You know, very, very uh, Miami Vice also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, Broadway is watching a Western here. Right. Yep. What about a uh, a uh, a duel? He's got a got a Clint Eastwood type guy here. Mm-hmm. Showdown. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, that's as westerns do glorify a little bit of gunplay here, and that's the coolest thing in the world to uh, yeah. Broadway. Well, yeah, because they were all like asleep and cursed during that time, so you never know. Exactly, no, they no missed weapons. a lot. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're you know the weapons of their day are swords and spears and shit like that. Ah, and now they make it a point of her putting her gun there, so maybe that comes into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a, a kitty cat there. Yeah. 
Huh. She talks to, as you should do. I talk to my pets all the time. Come on. <laughs> well, if they talk back, that's when I get worried. That's when it's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh oh. So so it looks like Broadway thinks he's gonna thinks he's a gunslinger now. Apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. The gargoyles, by the way, they have these wings. Um, they can't fly as such. The show makes the point of stressing. Look at her apartment. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, detective um, salary too. Yeah, right. But it makes the point of stressing that they glide. They don't really fly, um, which it's kind of like, what's the difference? I guess the difference is they can't really just flap their wings and take off from a stationary position. Yeah, like like hang gliders. They're not like birds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. He gets the gun out. Playing with the loaded gun. What are we doing? Hmm. Uh oh. That's why you don't leave your guns around for children. Well, <laughs> Although, I mean, why would she put her safety on and put it in a gun safe, right? Not thinking that yeah. this giant ass gargoyle is going to come in and play with it. Oh shit! Meanwhile, she's cooking food on the stove. This is there's a lot of problems here. This is this is, and he's holding the gun. Not paying attention. Yeah. Do 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 gargoyles have fingerprints? Um. They're probably not recognizably human if they do, but uh, yeah, the database. <laughs> so he's doing the right thing now. He's getting her out of there as quick as possible. He's throwing her on a gurney, basically. I want to say that this this episode was like censored after his first. <laughs> I don't remember seeing the blood on his hands. In he reruns shirt, of this, though. I mean. It's the type of thing they wouldn't even probably replay this in certain markets, you know. I, I remember it being somewhat controversial. Hmm. Now, Again, a character just got shot with a live round. So, but how how do so if they're down on the ground though, if they can't fly, right? How do they get back up to the building? They have to climb. Um, you do see them climbing okay. from time to time. I mean, a lot of times you'll they kind of launch themselves from building to building, kind of Spider-Man style. So, and they can glide on air currents, so they can they can still ascend. They just can't they can't just be on the ground and again just jump and flap their wings <laughs> and fly that way. It doesn't work that way. They've got to have some height. They've got to you know again catch catch the air currents, whatever. I mean, it's it's very pseudoscience-y, but for some reason, the show doesn't want the gargoyles to be able to just fly, is, I guess, the point of it. And, and broad, Broadway, the, the dog, kind of looks like the uh, the dogs from, uh, you know, Ghostbusters. Uh, Bronx, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bronx, sorry, Bronx, uh, yeah. Yeah, he kind of looks like a terror dog, right? Mm-hmm. Zool yeah. terror dog. So we got we get the you know as as most uh, you know comics and whatever tell you when you're doing an arms deal you go into the forest. I mean that's what happened in the mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. right? That's where you test it out because you know you got to test yeah. Forget those forests. If we shoot Bambi, who cares, right? Exactly. <laughs> We're test- we got to test out our weapons here. They're being more responsible uh, in their gun safety practices than Elisa. Yeah. Well, again, she didn't think this like big, you know, huge ass gargoyle was going to come and start playing with her with her uh, sidearm there. Mm-hmm. You know, and they just 
waltz into his office. <laughs> yep. Uh, now, this is weird. I mean, I mean, are there gargoyles? I imagine are statues, and those are pretty damn heavy. Can, can they're not foregoing the uh, the weight capacity on the elevators and what have you? I mean, now this is kind of ridiculous talking to me, but still. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine the, yeah, they're they're going to weigh a lot, but uh, maybe, eh, maybe they took the freight elevator, you know. Maybe in their awake <laughs> form, they don't weigh as much. I don't think they weigh as much in their yeah in their living awake form <laughs> as they do as solid statues. And they are solid uh, throughout as statues because we've seen them get shattered. <laughs> it's <laughs> and it's you know it's not like they are flesh and blood underneath the stone or anything. Yeah, she so she got hit pretty hard. She uh, yeah, she got it pretty good. The lung and the spine, ten hours of surgery. So yeah, she's critical right now. I mean, we're getting into like pretty deep medical details here. Um, and this is her family. Uh, they, this is her brother, uh, who himself is going to be. I mean, they're all kind of recurring characters on the show, but the brother um, is going to show up probably the most often behind her some weird stuff happens with him okay (laughs) in fact the first episode i watched of this uh series that kind of got me hooked on it was a um was an episode focused on him okay and his name escapes me at the moment but anyway so so they're leading to believe that it was uh Draco, right? Yeah. So they know she was shot with her own gun, and they know that she was investigating Dracon. So put two and two together, they're thinking he did it. Yeah. All right. We so go mistaken identity. Do. I mean, go the guy's a dirtbag, but he had nothing to do with this. Yeah, he's got to do with a lot of other stuff, but still. And you got Goliath at her bedside. So, hmm. Yeah, and Dracon's... to avenge her, basically, which... Yeah. And then <laughs> I mean, this eyes is light scary. Up. That is... When they, yeah, when they get angry, their eyes turn white. Like a, like um, a shark, seems like. Like the eyes... Except for Demona. Like... For some reason, Demona's eyes turn red when she gets pissed. Um, oh. I don't know if we're going to see her in... That's... In either that's of these the mark of a, of, a, of a bad guy, you know, like the Sith have red uh, lightsabers and that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's a subtle tell, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so something's going on in the park here, it looks like. Mm. Uh-oh. Yeah, that guy's uh, kind of, I don't know, not a guy you'd want to see in the uh, the park here. Yeah, he What's that thing? turn somewhere. Yeah. He's got something on top of the, uh, I don't know. Oof, that's got to hurt. Oh, Broadway looks pissed. He's not happy-go-lucky eating popcorn at the movies guy anymore. Right. He's going to uh, take out his aggression on uh, on these dudes, even though he blames himself. I mean, of course he blames himself. He yeah. shot his friend, but now he's, like, got it out for guns, right? He's, yeah, it seems like he's very anti-gun now. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he should. If he had gone to see another movie, maybe a nice rom com, that wouldn't have. I guess that might have happened, right? Right. 
<laughs> Clearly, this could have been avoided by putting a gun in the hands of every gargoyle. <laughs> Sorry. Touch and go here. F and Efren. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, look how this complicated watches medical, a lot of medical show. I feel medical like I'm watching is, ER now. This, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, this is... This, uh, Paddles? I mean... <laughs> This is a Venn diagram for you, Tim, right here. It is. Glad I picked this one. <laughs> I don't remember all this. Oh, man. They had to resuscitate her and everything. Yeah. That's exciting. Jeez. Oh, okay, here's uh, the guy driving is uh, Elisa's partner, Matt. Matt Bluestone. Okay. We got uh, Dracon. And the, the David Co- Duchovny Fox Mulder guy. Okay. I was talking about. All right, and that's the boss there. You, you the know, boss, yeah. you know when the boss hits the streets in in these cop shows, shit's gotten mm-hmm. real. Exactly. Hill Street Blues also an influence on the show because that was like a very serialized cop mm-hmm. drama, right? In the eighties, yeah, I didn't, and... I didn't watch it a lot. My dad watched it when I was younger. I would, I've always uh, wanted to. Yeah, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but I just remember previously on Hill Street Blues. That's what this show does, and they they say they lifted that directly from Hill Street Blues. It, it has a previously on. I don't know if it starts this early, but later in the series they do that. X Men did it too. All right, so Hill Street Blues. Well, Tim, do you have Hulu? Mm-hmm. Uh, I sure do. Well, all seven seasons are on the Hulu and Prime Video. Oh, nice. All so right. you have a, you have you have options. I do. So, so when you get done with the 38 seasons of ER. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you watch can watch Blues. <laughs> what was the other big uh, popular cop? Not NYPD Blue. Uh, Wise Guy? Was that Wise, a- Wise Guy was more of a cult hit. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I, that's I didn't, more my speed. Ken Olin. Yeah. I didn't really watch that. But uh, you had Crime. I think it was like Crime Story. Mm, okay. We 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 aired that on A and E. That was a big deal when we got when we had that uh, re air rights for that. I mean, for as much credit as X Men gets for being one of the early uh, children's shows that did continuing stories from episode yep to episode, this for a weekly a, a weekday show. Um, this is almost even more ambitious. It's not like every single episode is multi-part, but it's not like there are any just throwaway episodes either. Um, now, the, the developments are, that would happen, like this this episode will be continued continually referenced throughout the shows. Like, okay. hey, remember that time you shot Elisa? <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> it's not going to be forgotten what, what happens yeah. here. So, and they have no qualms about revealing themselves to these, uh, not really gangsters here. Not really. Um, if, if a job needs to get done they're they're not going to worry about their keeping their identities concealed or anything. Well, I mean, who would believe that, you know, yeah. Who would believe them anyway? Yeah. We got attacked by these gargoyles and they're like, which gargoyles? And then, you know, who remembers what gargoyles are in the city? Right. Unless you like a, a gargoyle, you know, Stan, exactly. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine this massive creature after you? <laughs> no. <laughs> because you basically, he thinks that you almost killed his girlfriend. 
His human girlfriend, no less. His human girlfriend, yes. She'll have revenge through me. And then Broadway's gone. Broadway's got to come clean. Oh, he just confessed. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very special episode right here. I mean, I I would not be shocked if there's a PSA at the end of the show about gum safety. I don't think they ever did that kind of thing. Um, Because they were careful not to get too corny. Like, they always... It was always story first with this show, even if they wanted to send a message, which there's one where like (laughs) there's one where Hudson like meets this um, makes a new friend. He's this guy who's blind and teaches Hudson to read Hmm. um, because Hudson was, you know, the oldest gargoyle. He didn't take the interest in reading that the rest of them did. And this guy kind of shows him how much uh, it well, it, how much literacy will enrich his life kind of thing. Um, and that's one, again, it could be a very corny, it sounds like a corny episode, but it's it's pretty damn good, actually. One thing that um that I just noticed was, like, how, how their mm. wings become basically like a cape. Like a, yeah, they fold like, the wings in front of their bodies like a cape. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a nice uh, little detail there. Yeah, they they realized early on in the animation that was both a, a cool visual and it allowed it allowed more characters to uh, be shown on screen at the because otherwise you got these massive wings that take up so much uh, real estate, right? You can only really show you can't show like a big ensemble shot of these guys if their wings are all splayed out. Same, <laughs> so, same thing with action figures, man. My Hawkman uh-huh. figure is. It takes up so much real estate you on the shelf. You got the fucker in the back, right? You got to be strategic. And then the ones with capes, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to put Doctor Strange. I got, you know, the Marvel Legends, uh, you know, Black Panther. They, you know, it's got a cape. The Moon Knight, all those, they're back yeah. row. That's where you're destined. I don't yeah. care if you're shorter or short you character. You're, you're Death Thor. You're in the back row, buddy. Sorry. Derek, that's his name. Her okay. brother's name is Derek. I'm sorry. It was bothering me. Babbling so Lisa's going to be okay. All right. She pulled through. Can you believe it? They didn't yeah. kill off a main character. <laughs> what if they did? What if I made you watch as your first episode of the show? They kill off like the, like, what the, the hell? main gargoyle's girlfriend. They just kill her off. Would you, would you pull a, a scream and kill would they kill off Drew Barrymore? <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant, by the way. I, I, you know, I can, that's what, that was a swerve. That was pulled off. She's vowed never to touch a gun again. But look, she's also taking responsibility also, saying I never should have left it out like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of, even if you live alone, that's kind of willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. You know, just putting it on your coat rack and hanging it there. Wouldn't you, like, put it in, like, in a drawer or something like that? You would think, yeah. yeah. As a, especially as a cop. You know. You know, gun safety had to have been a class at the academy, right? Yeah. So. So she pulls not through. Not exactly. Um, and they, and they the could most, just stop anywhere. And where, wherever they are when it becomes daylight, they're, they're, uh, they're, um. They're stuck. Yeah. They're stuck. So if they're flying, if they happen to be flying or, excuse me, gliding, when the sun comes up and they turn to stone, they're going to. They're gonna hit the ground. That's shatter. Oh God, that's 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 like 
thinking about like when people return from the snap, like if they're like an airplane and all of a sudden, they yeah, come right. Back, that that yeah. that breaks my brain when I think about that kind of stuff. Oof. So they have then, to. I mean, they have to be very conscious of you know the time of day, you know what, <laughs> when exactly they're gonna turn back this. Like how far can can you push it, right? Yeah, they've got to. They got to be thinking about that. All right, so we've moved on to episode nine through the right. the magic of playing the next episode and streaming. It's not like Netflix though. Netflix are dicks when it's like, no, you're gonna you got like two seconds to decide whether you're gonna watch the next episode or it's recommendation, right? Yeah, exactly. Now here they think, give you like twenty. Disney Plus is really cool. They give you about twenty seconds to make that decision. Yeah, it's not so, bad. Yeah, so we got uh, season one, episode nine. Enter Macbeth, a mysterious man with considerable experience with gargoyles, offers his services to remove the clan from the castle. So, That's right. all right, sounds interesting. Again, doesn't really sound. Here's Demona. Pre, uh, we got a previously on gargoyles. Okay. Okay. Uh, so this is from probably, like I said, that opening like five parter. Um. I want to say that was the last time we saw uh, Demona. All right. oh, I, th- I think you're a, sec- you're a few seconds ahead of me because I just started. Oh, am I? Leslie on. Okay, let me pause it. All right. I got the uh, car door just got shut, and we got Goliath yelling at uh, or whatever. We got the okay. sh- we got the last episode thing happen. Do right you see uh, Broadway praying over Elisa? Uh, we got. The uh, the end of the episode right there. He all right. Now we're starting the new episode. Okay. And Enter Macbeth is on screen, so I paused it. You there? Got it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Back up. All right, we're back up. Okay. Magic of uh, tell you know, Tim, it's on the Disney Plus. There is a uh, a platform you could you could do your rewatch on. I know, I know, and I'm tempted to doing this watch along here. I I want to <laughs> revisit this show. I feel yeah. like. Hmm. Yeah, it seems. Like very cool. Oh, I don't know. Look at that synergy right there. They're watching the Donald Duck cartoon. Mm, yeah, watching the Disney cartoon. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Hudson is not quite as interested in television and pop culture as Broadway, but he's yeah. that's kind of how he fills his time is watching yeah. TV with Bronx. Hmm. All right. So this and this is Lexington and uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Lexington and Brooklyn. All right. Playing cards here. Okay. Okay. That thing that they that book that they just showed that's called um, it's called the Granora Marcanorum. It's a big book of spells, basically. They're dark hold. <laughs> it's their dark hold. It's their dark hold. It's their um, uh, uh, what's the uh from uh Evil Dead? Um, I, I've never seen any Evil Dead. So. Okay. Yeah, it's it's got all the tricks in it. Okay. Xanata. Excuse me, Xanatos is uh, in prison br- uh, our, briefly. They're about to get him out. Inside of trading? <laughs> um, yeah, this was all fallout from, from the opener, from the okay. opener five-parter. So he's got, you know, ponytail going. That's something. That's a choice. Right. And and again, just keep in mind, he's voiced by Jonathan Frank, so he sounds like Commander Riker. Yeah. Who My friend Scott, I mentioned earlier, looks like Commander Riker. And he actually he does look like Commander Riker. Yeah, he, he went with a ponytail. Yeah, doesn't have the ponytail, but yeah, he uh, he had the, actually. Uh, when is in following one year? Oh, you said your friend looks. Yeah, like Yeah, my that. friend looks like. Yeah, he pulled he gotcha. pulled it off pretty good too. Wow. 
hmm, looks like a prison guard uh, on the uh, little, little, little CD there. On the take, maybe, right? On the take, yeah, I was about to say. Ah, here he is. So this is the unknown visitor. Yes, and so Elisa's still on crutches, so she's recovered. See, the carryover from the last episode, she's still injured but, from... But uh, I, I guess, because maybe the spinal injury she's on the crutches? <laughs> so Yeah, you got to figure it. It was near her spine, I guess. Yeah. Maybe... And we got Macbeth, who seems to be somewhat cosplaying a little Magneto here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Macbeth, as presented, is is kind of he's always reminded me of um, the DC villain Deathstroke because right. he's like he's like this old man, but he's a mercenary and has all this cool technology. Um, but Macbeth, as as we will learn, perhaps not in this episode, uh, has a bit more of a nobility to him than Deathstroke, who's just a real scumbag. Yeah. So they just come through and the stones are just everywhere and there's a mess and it's some guy's job say, oh shit. Somebody's got to clean that up. I yeah. got to sweep this shit up again. Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah, look at that. He kind of got the Deathstroke thing going here. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. So Ooh. he knows about these gargoyles. And he can handle Broadway too. Yeah, he sure can. And yeah. so he's basically now picking a fight with them. Mm-hmm. And, they, and he blinds them and get, get some night vision goggles here. Mm-hmm. Wow. So for, for, an older, for an older fellow, he handles himself quite well, right? He seems to be the, uh, the anti-gargoyle here. Mm-hmm. Like he knows like their weaknesses and how to, how to get to them and... Like, he studied them. I mean, he's beating their asses. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he's subdued basically all of them, in, in, in short order, no less, too. And it's almost like he has experience at this, right? Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> hmm. I mean, this is somebody's first outing. I don't care how skilled you are. You're not going to, you're not going to know how to take down a gargoyle, right? Yeah. Oof, and he even gets Goliath right into the, the power yeah. uh, power box there. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he's this is this was a kind of a badass character intro that we get here. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I'm intrigued now. And uh Goliath looks none too happy. Trying he's to pursue got his, him. Uh, yeah. He's got his own little yeah airship here. Like he's taking take some uh, some trophies with him. It looks like. Oof! Oh god! It looks like uh, there's a electric uh, electric uh, to handles them pretty good, huh? Yeah, they've they've got some. I mean, it's not like they have like a kryptonite or anything, but if you you know you hit them with enough juice, it's yeah. It's going to fuck them up. All right. That is impressive, too. Like, I think they'd be relatively impervious to, like, bullets from, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you could probably machine machine gun a a gargoyle to death. But if you just shot them with a revolver, I don't know if it's going to pierce their hide, right? That tower was kind of almost Avengers Tower-esque in some of the designs. Yeah, so so that's the original castle that's that's Mm -hmm. been built on top of uh, the skyscraper that is 
uh, David Zanato's headquarters. Well, he had uh, trying to get those permits must have been a deal, huh? <laughs> right. Brick, like I said, stone by stone, brick by brick, he brought Just it the, over. Just the sheer weight. Like, I would be like, I ain't walking anywhere near that thing, man. That thing could come down. <laughs> Boom. He's, he's got his ways. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Hmm. So, so some, uh, what's his face? Uh, it looks like Hudson was a little upset about something. Yeah, so he he's basically taking umbrage at the fact that they were attacked at their own home like that. And Elisa's kind of making the point, you know, you guys are basically sitting ducks out here. Xanat- this is Xanatos knows where you are. He's had it out for you, um, even from prison. Hmm, who's this mysterious winged yeah. figure? Huh. Um, and so uh, she's basically making the point that you guys are too vulnerable out here mm-hmm. and you should maybe consider taking up residence somewhere else. Hint, hint. So, you know, this so is maybe, it. I don't know if we're going to see where they ultimately end up just yet, but, okay. Um, yeah, I was, I was wondering exactly at what point in the show's continuity, they, they introduce a new location, so we're not okay. there yet. We might we might see it in this episode. I'm not sure. All right, and you got the Shakespeare mention, like you talked about earlier. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sitting dorks right here. Sitting ducks. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> we can't leave. Yeah, and they're saying, well, there's too much shit here. We can't leave the Granorum Arcanorum here. Uh-huh. No one's like, mm, no. Hmm. Is that the the Norris MacGuffin? Is that what? Silly <laughs> Owen handle himself. Yeah, he, he took down Hudson, and you know, look at that. Even with a with a crutch, she uh, can. She's pretty tough, huh? Mm-hmm. I do think that the. Um... The animation on this episode is a little bit shakier than the last one. Um, It's not bad by any means, but some of the body language is kind of, is kind of off, I think, you know, but you know, for 52 episodes a season, what, what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they had to crank these out. It's a wonder they're not, we're not dealing with stick figures here. Come on. (laughs) Hmm. It looks like these two just are constantly jawjacking at each other. Pretty much. They're um they're probably the closest of the gargoyles. Again, the these guys are they call each other um rookery mates, which okay. means that they're probably brothers biologically again, but the gargoyles don't really care about those types of distinctions. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, the trio are probably all what we would regard as siblings. I mean, they effectively are, whether biologically yeah. speaking, they are or not. I don't know what Bronx's deal is, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um, it is established at some point in the show that that they hatch out of eggs. Um, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're not going to see that for a while. This is like if I tried to explain to somebody the the lore of the Hair Bear Bunch cartoon. And if you've ever heard, if you've ever heard <laughs> I've that, I've never even heard of that. I'll tell you that after the show, and I'm going to blow your mind. Oh God. It's a Hanna Barbera, so. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I I I could do a solo pod on the Hair Bear Bunch, so <laughs> but I won't. I'll maybe hopefully somebody will pick that, and I Lord knows if it's streaming anywhere. But I digress. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh boy. This, yeah. this has got to make the, this <laughs> gotta make the running even. down the street <laughs> again, like right out of Ghostbusters, right there. Right out of Ghostbusters, yeah. I got a milk <laughs> bone. <laughs> a nice little pooch. Is he, yeah, so is... is that the keymaster or the gatekeeper? I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Goliath running down the street right behind him, and I'm like, yeah. what? Oh yeah. Just okay. Just it. Honestly. Growing up down around in New York, wouldn't blink too much at that though. Just <laughs> like, another day in the life. It's another day, Times Square. Who knows? <laughs> uh oh, something's amiss at the uh, Macbeth uh, residence here. Yeah, Macbeth Macbeth Manor here. Macbeth Manor, yeah. <laughs> I'm like biting my tongue trying to not give too much away here which is <laughs> kind of hard i'm not saying too much but it's hard believe me to yeah to resist hmm. i don't know goliath is uh coming in there and this guy you know, handled you pretty yeah, good last the, time the glowing white eyes shit's on now you know the quote the group to quote the goonies uh, we're in deep shit now francis he said, I beat the brakes off you in your own house. You think you're going to take me in mine? Yeah. No, there's, there's, uh, you know, those aren't just wood doors, I'll tell you. Hmm. That one. Not one. like the doors in, used in GCW that wrestlers get put through. <laughs> hollow core, foam core doors. One of them, I guess, I, I think, I think, uh, I think it's Lexington. He's the one that's like red, right? Brooklyn is red. Brooklyn is red. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. He kind of looks like Jackal Man from from Thundercats. I think that's probably what I I keep thinking. Uh, okay. Like like design right. like almost like a villain. But yeah, that that's the thing. There there are definitely design elements that tip you off that uh, some of these non-human characters are are more villainous than others. There's there's a whole thing about like if the if the horns are pointed forward, that for some reason looks more menacing. So a lot of the villains in the show, if they have horns, they'll, they'll be pointing forward instead of back. So, um, uh, all these little, you know, subtle touches, nuances, nuances, if you will. Yeah. It's like, uh, knowing the little thing that Apple, I think doesn't allow, Villain, they don't want villains using their products. In oh, the- yeah, to use uh iPhones, <laughs> bad guys can't use iPhones. <laughs> yeah, that's so dumb. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's the type of thing now that everyone knows that it's like, well, <laughs> it's kind of fucks up. Uh, 
just have, unless Apple pays us a crap ton of money, everybody's using Samsungs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now this is really messing with them in the in the hall of mirrors here. Ah, so here's the the reveal. He said, "I want your queen," and he knows about and, the moment. Uh, right, and Goliath's like, the "Hell, are you talking about?" She did, and he. Really? He even just revealed there he named Demona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Demona already had her name when the show started. She revealed herself to the clan that she was still alive. Okay. Um, she didn't pick a name at that time. She was already called Demona, and that's when they all chose names for themselves. All right. He's got a trap door and everything. Wow. Yeah. Look at this. So basically, Macbeth doesn't really give a fuck about these gargoyles. <laughs> They're just a means to an end, which is basically he's trying to track down Demona. Ah, he figures that they would be the, his best chance to to either know where she is or draw her out. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, One way or another. Yeah, he's trying to get to her. Hmm. Now, we don't know why, but that's his intent. Okay. We won't, we will not find out why for quite some episodes. All right. So we got a sarcophagus getting opened. Turns out it's the secret, yeah, secret, secret pathway. Pass. Yeah. Yeah, definitely can some of the animation. We got a, we got a bit more uh, cartoonish mm. there. So to yeah. speak, even though we're watching a cartoon, it got a little more cartoonish for a moment. Exactly. Yep. Why did you just do that to begin with, Bronx? <laughs> <laughs> he is a dog. Yeah, that's true. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> a very oh, smart dog, but a dog all the same. Uh, we get to the uh, the weapon room here. It looks like. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Got a whole sword collection. He's got, oh, look at that. He's got a a mace club, right? Mace, yeah, fighting old school now. Hmm. Place about to go up in smoke, though. Yeah. Goes the uh, family crest, I guess. Oh, God. Can't have that. Hmm. Man, this is a lot of, uh, I mean, this is a lot of history getting destroyed here. Mm -hmm. Oh, he lost part of his sword. He's like, I'm going to do it the old-fashioned way. I'm just going to shoot. Right. Look at how how crafty this this old man is. Yeah, I didn't really like that coat. So, yeah, you can have it. I can run away. (laughs) Wow, this whole castle... You know, Macbeth uh, Lair has gone up. That sucks. Mm. I mean, I would get out of there before the fire department shows up, right? <laughs> Oof. And it takes down to this fire. Some shot yeah, it was right there. completely demolished. So Macbeth gets away. It's clear he's still out there. And he, he will continue to beguile our heroes for some time. Ah, here's a... Okay, so we are getting the new 
uh, residence. Okay. So they're getting away from from the evil businessman, I guess. Goliath is pissed that uh, yeah. they've abandoned the castle. The castle. Mm-hmm. Oh, we get the whole home is where your your family is. Home uh, is I, the six of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goliath's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Asgard is not a planet. It's not a place. It's the people. Where ever heard this before? <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is not having it. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. I how love much that he didn't he just. Uh, you know, we don't do the kumbaya ending here. He's like, fuck nope. you. <laughs> not. I'm not done with this yet. Well, we'll be we'll back. Be back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right. So they're establishing a new home. Nine yeah, episodes I'll, in. I don't know if we're there yet. Just yet, though. Okay. I don't know if we'll see it here. Well, let's find out. We got a few minutes left, right? Okay. This is uh, Goliath glides off the. Uh, that's right. Castle there. And, and Xanatos is out. Okay. With his trusty... Uh, now. Yeah. Grimorm is gone. That's the So they book. did take the, uh, the Book of Spells. Okay. The Book of the Damned. <laughs> All right. So he is no... He doesn't know who Macbeth the is. The Necronomicon. Okay. If you will, there it is. Mm-hmm. There you go. Ah, yes. So they're in a clock tower now. They're in an old clock tower. Okay. This will serve as their headquarters for the overwhelming majority of the show. Ah, I right. did not know that they moved in uh, as of this episode, so I just happened to pick a. Happen to pick one with pretty big plot development. Yeah, so, there's a lot yeah. going on here. Kind of guess your mid-season reset of this first season. Uh-huh, exactly. They're kind of terrifying when they're frozen, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, they always assume some kind of imposing... Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, visual because it's like that's what a gargoyle is supposed to look like, right? Out in the out in the wild, it it shouldn't just be standing there with a weird, a weird contemplative look. It should, <laughs> it should look weird, menacing, right? A weird contemplative look, which happens sometimes. They they will turn to stone like in mid conversation sometimes, and it's like if someone came across this on the street, they'd be like, "What a weird fucking looking gargoyle," right? Like. <laughs> Why would someone design it like this? Well, that was uh, that was some cool stuff. Thank you for uh, opening yeah. my eyes, and introducing me to to gargoyles. Definitely going to be in the queue. I hope I you think. enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is you know still the first season. You get a flavor of what the show is like. But mm. if you dig that, watch that that opening five parter and uh, see what you think. It's uh, it's a really it's a show that really. Uh, rewards you for your um, for your interest. So do check it out if uh, if you dug this. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. 
All right. So, Tim, uh, where can you be found either on the social medias or any shows you have done recently or have upcoming in the next few weeks? Uh, well, um, quite a few, actually. So we talked about Traders of the Lost Arks. That's the mm-hmm. comics podcast you can find right here on Place v. Nation Pop. So if you're subscribed to this network, um, you will find the latest episode of that. We'll have another one coming out uh in the month of march we've got our we've got our recording date i'll say that we haven't actually done it yet but we're committed to doing it (laughs) so that that will be out um in the next few weeks that's a show i just really love doing so have to promote it over on our uh sister affiliate network which is place b nation wrestling i have a pair of podcasts that i do uh with jennifer smith uh first is called PTB uh, NXT, that is also with uh, Jacob Williams. So just going chronologically through uh, NXT, we call it the network era of the of NXT. So we started in uh, 2014. We're now in kind of the spring of 2015. Um, sort of a timely storyline, I feel like. All the interest in Sami Zayn right now, uh, you know, and the bloodline and everything. Well... We are following uh, Sami Zayn's attempt to regain the NXT championship from Kevin Owens, who he lost it to. So that's the arc we're on for PTV NXT. Uh, The other wrestling show I do with Jenny, it is also with Greg Phillips, is called Talkin' WCW. There was an episode that uh, just released uh, this past weekend at the time of this recording. And that, uh, that episode was focused on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So three Steamboat matches we covered there on Talking WCW. Um, it was a fun one, as they all are. Uh, beyond that, I have um, a little show called 9021 No-So. So it's a spinoff from the North-South Connection. That's uh, me and JT Rosero, and we have a rotating guest uh, each and every episode uh, going chronologically through Beverly Hills, 90210. So we've done one season. We've got the first season behind us. We're in the second season. We're coming up on some big episodes. We've got a big introduction. Um, Emily Valentine is on the show now. Uh, <laughs> Scott Scanlon is still on the show, but we're not sure how much longer that will be <laughs> the case, let's say. Um, so if you're a Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills 90210 fan, check out. 9021 no so that's its own podcast it's not on any other kind of affiliated uh networks it's just its own thing so in your preferred podcatcher app just search 9021 no so if you are interested uh you can find me on social media i am at psych 68 cyke 68 on twitter um, and I do tweet occasionally, not that often. So um, that's where you can find me if, if uh, you would like to get in touch. I will respond to you. So DM me or otherwise if you want to talk more about gargoyles or comics or 90210 or wrestling. <laughs> got a lot of varied interest, Andy Atherton. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we're, we are, uh, we have a, a very, w- wide breadth of of uh things that we uh we cover here and that we, we can talk in depth about uh for me uh on the ptbn wrestling network i have a show currently 
that is who's next. And it is also NXT centric, but Logan Cross and I do each month review the current NXT project. Current day and present day NXT. Present day. So they're nice accompaniment pieces to show what it was and what it is now. Uh, in my personal watch, I am in. I just entered 2013 in my personal uh, rewatch because so, I went back before you guys started. I went yeah, to the, you went to the actual back. black and gold. Yeah, uh, start. That's I mean, when I went. That was like right after. So it started as like the weird reality show. Yeah, sort of tough th- enough this, version. This, like you skipped that, but started when it was a proper development. When, when uh, it went from being FCW, basically, to NXT. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's really what I see that as. So, yeah, no, it's funny. I, it's been a little bit since I've watched that. Uh, it's my, it's like kind of like people call uh, slow TV background. I put it on while I'm, when I'm doing stuff and I look up. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not, you know, you're not watching like, like with your eyes glued. But it's, it's, it's really cool, though, to go back and see these, how, where these began. And that's why I love doing the current stuff is because we're seeing people working things out and beginning and honing and changing and developing. And, and it has been a lot of fun and doing stuff with Logan is always a good time. Oh, yeah. So, so that's a great oh, time. Uh, I have a couple other wrestling shows, which, you know, I don't know if, and when they could be back. There is talk of a new host taking over the wrestling edition of making Mount Rushmore. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, on this very feed, I have lots of shows. You know, Tim mentioned Traders. We do do Pop Goes to the Couch. Does pop up uh, when we can and when we have something we really, really want to talk about. We we do make an effort to get together. Uh, you know, Pop Goes to Movies could be back with a lot of big shows, big movies coming, being released. We have, you know, I'm trying to maybe bring back some laughing theaters. Miranda and I are getting back into the the Muppet Pod. That is the most sensational, inspirational celebration of Muppetational podcast our next podcast is actually our next episode is a live watch of the muppet show which of this recording uh this will probably come out after uh that after that uh live watch on stream lounge but that is uh at four o'clock that will have been at four o'clock on sunday february 26th and that will be dropped as a po- uh, pod form and then miranda and i will be back doing our regular episodes of that podcast where we do review four episodes of the muppet show we will be entering season two so very exciting uh we play we have two games that we play on every episode one did miranda hear the person before the before watching this episode of the muppet show two are they alive or dead <laughs> so so yes yeah, not at of, all morbid not at all morbid uh you know as tim liked to call it we used to do the suck cast uh, <laughs> the, suck cast, the, the annual suck cast at the beginning of every year of all the yes. famous old people who die. Yes, not all old. Though. Not all of them old, you're right. Yeah, but no, <laughs> it, well, yeah, because it's like it, these shows came out 40-something years ago, so there's, 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 it's it's leaning hard in one, uh, one way or the other. But part of it, too, it lends into the other game of maybe Miranda didn't hear them because they passed away, you know, before she really was you know, into some of this stuff. So, yeah. and of course her, Steve and I have pop goes the classics, Disney. We just dropped the episode about Mulan. The next one will be Tarzan, which is looking like maybe mid to late March for that episode. And then after that, I believe it's Fantasia 2000. Um, uh, you can catch me on stream. Lounge pretty much every Wednesday. 
let's see. Uh, well, some Wednesdays I'm doing Blockbuster Rewatch, where I'm I just finished up with the MCU for the most part. Nate Milton and I will be watching Wakanda Forever oh, on wow. March yeah. on March first. Yes, uh, you're gonna I be done for a little. Well, you're basically not done, but caught up, right? I'm I am caught up. Yeah, except for the Spidermans and the Incredible Hulk, I I am all caught up on the uh, the MCU. Uh, surprisingly past Journey Through Infinity, which I didn't know uh, was going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if, yeah, I don't know. If still... <laughs> that is a great podcast. I hope you guys do find the time to to get back. You notice I didn't plug didn't plug that one. I know <laughs> it's not current at the moment, but you know, Nate it, it is he's a he's a great guest, uh, and especially you know getting to getting to watch Black Panther with him and. Now, per mm-hmm. uh, Nate, a uh, Nate quote, we're going to sink our ocular teeth back into the world of, of Black Panther with Wakanda forever. And then awesome. uh, I will be doing after that Batman Returns and possibly Armageddon before jumping into the Skywalker saga. And I have a whole lot, bunch of co-hosts lined up for that. Tim Slumka, actually, for the first time, will be doing a stream lounge with me and he will be doing A New Hope as, as we we lead off that and yes that that will be blockbuster rewatch for the next uh several months and on the other wednesdays i'm doing my pixar rewatch where at on wednesday night at 8 30 eastern i do three pixar shorts uh, by myself because they're short and you know they're fun and and i usually have paul in there watching along with me from stream on he's a great guy and then i do the main event at nine o'clock as of this recording my next live watch will be monsters university uh and then after that, uh, I can't remember what's next. I know I have Inside Out coming up with Steve Brittle will be will be joining me. I'm getting into kind of some of my not so uh, favorite parts of the uh, the Pixar uh, canon here. So yeah, I got I got Monster University, then Inside Out, then the movie I hate more more than any other Pixar movie is The Good Dinosaur, and that coming up. So if you want to see me, I've been told that is butt. I've it is it, it is a terrible terrible movie derivative a just a hot mess and if you want me you want to see me get like main roster angry while watching anything (laughs) animated you probably will never see me get more agitated than watching this so if for anything come come check that out or listen later in pod form uh what else we got so check out the place to be a facebook group join up be a member the new tournament is starting very soon we also have our our uh, year stretch project, greatest pop culture TV comedy. So you have until July 31st to get your 100 greatest TV comedies in your opinion. Then we will compile the results. And starting on Labor Day, we will reveal these results on PlaceTVNation.com. Check that website out each and every day. All the pods are featured on there. Plus, we have some really fun articles. And right now we're in the midst of the GWWE reveal. That is every Friday at noon. Like I said, join the Facebook uh, group. And yeah, just check us all out on social medias. Support all of our friends, whether it's uh, all the shows here on the Pop Experience, on the PlaceMation Wrestling Network, on 90210, so which has its own feed. That's 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 something. Show gets yeah. feed. You guys, you guys aren't joking around over there, right? right? Well, we started on North-South Connection and then just spun right off. Huh? Just, that's how we do it sometimes. That's just the way it is. Uh, but speaking of the North-South Connection, make sure you check out that uh, very feed. A great mix of uh, pop culture, wrestling, and sports. Okay, so that was a lot. A lot of plugs. A lot of good. And I can't think of a better second episode. If this is how all the episodes that I'm going to do 
where I have no real experience or, or knowledge of the cartoon that I'm watching, then then I'm going to be a very happy podcaster and loving this pod because this was such a treat for me. Uh, I, I may be cursing Tim out though for adding another series to my queue, although it's already <laughs> already marked off on TV time as, as something I want to watch. So I don't know, maybe subliminally I, I had it. Just, just slot it to the head to, to top of the list there, you know, just yeah. put it ahead of some it, other things. Yeah. It might, it might wait, just wait until I'm done with the star Wars cartoons but um it will it will get watched i promise you so all right right, thank you for having me i'm glad i could geek out over this show that i i'll just go out on a limb and say i think is the best um animated continuing animated series of all time um i think it's better than x-men I think it's better than Batman, the animated series, um, as much as I love those shows and would love to talk about those shows on this podcast, uh, one, one or both or whatever. Um, I I think that the, yeah, the, uh, the gold standard for me is, is gargoyles. I just think pound for pound. It's, it's just the best it's Yeah. yeah. And it, it I can definitely, definitely see that, and I can't wait to watch it with uh, the sound on. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. You can hear all the amazing voice talents, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and I'm sure I'll be, uh, I'll be messaging Tim as we, as, as I watch it. Be like, oh my god, oh my god, you're like, oh my Please, god. Please, yes. I know, I know. I remember, um, oh god, it was somebody I was talking to, and I was watching something for the first time, and, and they were so, they were jealous of me. Because they had watched it. Already. I will be they're like, too, yeah. They're like, I wish I could be experiencing this like you are for the first time. Like, yeah. I, I, they were kind of living vicariously through me. Yep. So I can't remember what series it was, but they were, yeah. I, it might have been Shit's Creek. I'm not sure. It might have been something. But it was a, uh, it was something that I was binging. And, yeah, I, it, well, it is like really you'll cool. Get to a, you'll get to a cliffhanger. You'll get to, like, a big season finale or whatever. And you don't have to wait three months for that. I know. For the oh follow-up, God. that's what makes us so jealous, right? Like, I mean, can you believe? Like, again, my Dallas. my go-to example: yet Dallas, who shot Jr. or Melrose Place, they blow up the fucking complex. Like, <laughs> can I have to wait three months, four months for this this follow-up? Are you kidding me? You can't do that to people. I know it was insane back then the uh, the, the dark ages, as we as we would call them. But yeah, no, this is, you know, coming out of the gate, a nice one-two punch of this podcast. I'm hoping to to kind of get this out every, you know, month to six weeks or so. So so keep an eye out to see who my next guest and what the next cartoon I will be uh, talking about. So I want to say thank you once again to my friend Tim Cable for coming in. So please go get yourself a bowl of cereal, sit down in front of the TV, watch some cartoons, have a good time. Check you out on the next episode. Take care.